Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest presents Pastor Carla Porter of Living Faith International, who ministers to the Ladies' Luncheon on How to Flourish. What an honor and a privilege it is for me to be with you. I've come a long way. I actually live in Kenya, Africa. I've lived there for, uh, in June, it will be 32 years. So by far, you know, decades that I've lived there. I'd like to introduce two very special friends who have been to Kenya twice to visit me, and they've driven miles from around. They're both North Carolina girls. Miss Janice Kissam, would you stand up? Janice Kissam and Betty Walters. Thank you both for coming. And I will be sharing tomorrow about living in Africa, the work that my late husband and I, uh, I continue to do in Africa. And so I look forward to seeing a number of you there uh, tomorrow. Well, I'm so grateful to Pastor Scott and Trish for inviting me to be here today. I uh, I come with decades of experience of serving God, but I, I was a Methodist coming up, and at that time, Methodists did not teach salvation. And so I wasn't saved as a Methodist. In fact, my fifth grade Methodist teacher, a Sunday school teacher, told us the Bible is full of myths. And Jonah wasn't swallowed by the whale. There's no such thing as angels. And I, so I grew up religious, but not saved. I wanted to know God. I would go to that Methodist altar and pray the best I knew how. But it was not until I was 29 years old and my, my, Holy Spirit-filled neighbor next door who irritated me (laughs) because she talked about Jesus all the time. And I'd been to university and become a school teacher, and I thought I didn't even believe in God anymore. The professors at university would teach in the courses, there is no God, and they would rationalize that there is no God So here I am at 29 years old thinking I don't believe in God. Now, you wouldn't have known outwardly that I was that way because, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't party or anything like that, and I was quiet. But on the inside, I had no faith or trust in God. But she was praying for me. And when I was 29 years old, I, I did receive the Lord. And, I, and she led me in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And within two years, I was in ministry. I kind of got a, uh, maybe a late start. And the Lord has spent quite a bit of time catching me up. And I sometimes still feel like I'm catching up. Do you ever feel that way, that you're behind in serving the Lord? And there are days I pray, Lord, redeem the time. Redeem my life. Redeem the time. I I want to come to my last breath 
if Jesus tarries and be able to hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joys that I prepared for you. And so I have um, been serving the Lord since I was born again in 1978. And I, I want to tell you, in all those years, I've had many opportunities not to flourish. Now, the theme for today's conference is flourishing. How many of you will agree with me? We have many opportunities not to flourish. And so uh, it wasn't uh, too long after I was born again. I met my husband, Wade, and he, uh, he had quite a testimony. I never knew him not saved but he had been an outlaw motorcycle person. <laughs> and so he had a military background, and, and he was an artist, but he had this very dark side to his life, and, and God saved him and redeemed him, and we got married. And, and just some years later, we found ourselves in Kenya. We had gone there, sent there by Dr. Jerry Savelle to open a clinic for Dr. Oral Roberts. Do you remember at one time he had a medical school? And so we were sent to Africa to build the first clinic. Dr. Savelle provided the clinic, and Dr. Roberts sent the first healing team from his medical school to that clinic. And so that's how we went to Africa. We were going for three to six months, and we never left. I mean, sometimes you stumble into the will of God, but it's very important. You know, there can be divine times. He, he gives you divine connections, and suddenly a divine assignment opens up in front of you that you did not even know existed. Let, let me tell you, God has a great plan for your life. And if you will live for him and commit your life to him, he will order your footsteps and the day will come you'll find yourself smack dab in the middle of that plan. Maybe you didn't mentally know anything about it. I never had. I um, was born in, and, and raised in Texas, not born in Texas, but raised in Texas. I had no idea I would leave, live the majority of my adult life in Africa. I had no clue. And, but that's where the Lord has planted me. I want to tell you that you don't go into a mission field or in are into a nation that has strongholds of witchcraft and not have lots of opportunities to quit, lots of opportunities to fail, lots of opportunities to lose heart. And But God put a great love in our hearts for the African people. In fact, I tell everyone I'm a real African-American because God has made me that way and given, given me such a love for Africa. So my husband and I have done a number of things. We're, we, he and I were teachers. I'm a teacher. We started a church. We 
pastored a church together, and we worked many kinds of projects in Africa. But then six and a half years ago, very suddenly, my husband died. He had, uh, we don't live in a clean climate. It can be quite challenging, dusty, dry. We don't have a killing season. So the bacterial count there is very high. And uh, he had had a sinus infection for for a good while and uh, just had not been able to get rid of it. And he was given an antibiotic injection and he went into anaphylactic shock and died just drop dead. It was sudden. It was unexpected. They didn't have an EpiPen or anything to counteract the reaction that he had to the shot. And so just suddenly, six and a half years ago, my life dramatically changed. My husband of decades was gone. You know, my life partner, the one that I did ministry with in Kenya, was gone. Ladies, I share that with you for you to know that was a period in my life where I did I was not flourishing. In fact, that flattened me. And it, you know, my heart was broken. And it was so sudden and unexpected. And um, uh, I had decisions to make. I, I don't know if I'm saying anything you can relate to where you might find yourself through a circumstance or a set of circumstances that you feel flattened. You've lost something so dear to you. Uh, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Do you know that's his job description? Stealing, killing, and destroying. And he's an expert at it. And so you find yourself, suddenly you've been hit and hit hard. Now, all along the way, Satan is hitting you. All along the way, he's opposing the will of God, that the assignment that God has on your life. All along the way, uh, it's not that we had not experienced things all along the way. Janice and Betty knew Wade so well. In fact, Wade had just been with uh, Janice and her husband, Benny, just a few days before his death. It was so sudden, so uh, life-altering. So life-changing, and uh, I, I want to speak to you today, if you're going through anything, I stand before you as a testimony, that was a beautiful opportunity for me to quit, and say, Lord, this has taken so much, you know, I could have had the attitude, we've sacrificed so much, and now it's come to this, you know, you can develop all kinds of not good attitudes whenever you're going through something that has been a great blow, a great disappointment, a great loss. That is when the door is open for all kinds of bad attitudes that will steal the life from you. They're designed to steal your calling 
to get you to throw in the towel and quit, to, to make you no longer trust God. God, why did you let this happen? You know, I never asked God one time why he let it happen. Here's the thing. Wade and I had been through so much and trusted God in so many circumstances by then that I told God, God, you don't even have to tell me one thing about this. I trust you, but I need you to show me the way forward. You've been faithful all these years, and I know your faithfulness has not changed. You are faithful today just like you were faithful yesterday, but I need you to show me the way forward. So I don't know what you may be experiencing today. You don't get to be my age without having gone through some things. Ladies, I beg you, don't feel sorry for yourselves. It would have been real easy for me to feel sorry for myself and for me to return to America whipped, defeated, closing the door to things that Wade and I had worked and believed God for decades, it would have been real easy for me to walk away and leave all of that behind. Ladies, I beg you, whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, this is still the day the Lord has made. And we will rejoice. And be that is something we set ourselves to do in faith. Now, I'm going to tell you I couldn't eat. You know, there's not much to me anyway, but I I got down as thin as a bone. It was a struggle for me to put one foot in front of the other. We had a church. We had churches. We had an orphanage. I had people looking at me. I had children looking at me. What is she going to do? Is she going to be okay? I mean, it was really... Uh, a time in my life where so many things were at play and and it depended on what I chose to do. It depended on what attitude I chose to have. I could have chosen to be a victim. I could have chosen to be a poor widow. I could have chosen, you know, to feel sorry for myself. And present myself as a very needy person. All of those things could have been justified. But it's another thing to say, Lord, I trust you. I don't understand. But I trust you. I've trusted you this far. I'm going to trust you for the rest of my life. You have a good plan. I want to tell you, ladies, God has a good plan for your life. He has a plan for flourishing, a plan for you to flourish. But do you know where flourishing begins? It's on the inside. It's on the inside. You can't flourish outwardly until you're flourishing inwardly. And I I knew that principle. And I had to take hold of God with everything within me and say, here's how I prayed, Lord. I know I've got some things to go through. 
and I'm trusting you to walk every day with me. And when I get through this, not if, but when I get through this, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy on the inside. I I don't want to continue for my heart to be broken. I want to be healthy on the inside. I want to be strong again. Because you know what I felt like was that I'd been kicked in the stomach by a martial artist who knew how to kick. And I felt gutted. If, If I went by how I was feeling, I felt gutted. But Lord, when I come through this, it's really easy to park. When something tragic has happened, something painful has happened, uh, a betrayal has happened, brokenness comes into your life. It's real easy right there for all kinds of work of the enemy to come into your life. But God says, this is not the end, Carla. I I said, Lord, you left me here for some reason. I'm still breathing. I'm still here. You've got purpose for my life. I, everyone say this, I'm still breathing. I'm still here. You have purpose for my life. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I was so, my emotions were very raw at that time. But Lord, when I come through this, I didn't know how long that would take. I want to be healthy. I want you to be able to use my life. I, I want to continue fulfilling your will. If you still have things for me to do in Africa, as well as in America, I need you to heal me inside and out that I may do your will, oh God. And and ladies, I'm telling you, even now I can find myself in prayer with tears streaming down my face. Lord, I want to do your will. I want to fulfill your purpose for my life. Each and every one of us have a purpose and a destiny in God. And so... Do you know to do that, to be strong enough to carry on, to be strong enough to face each day? And no matter what I feel like, I say every day, early in the morning, first thing in the morning, good morning, Father, good morning, Jesus, good morning, Holy Spirit, thank you for loving me. Thank you for this day. It is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I set myself in that every single day in the love of God, in the presence of God, and in the joy of the Lord. And then I go forward. Hallelujah. And one reason I do that is because you give to people out of the abundance that's in your own heart, out of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that takes flourishing? Everyone say flourishing. I love that word, flourishing. And I ask, I want you to take the hand of 
the lady next to you. You don't know what they're going through. You, you don't know even what they may have experienced yesterday or today. But I want us, you know, if two of us agree, but there are more than two of us here, on earth, as touching anything, we have the prayer that we ask of our Father. So I want you to ask for yourself, but ask for someone else, and we all agree together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before the throne of grace and mercy today. In the time of need, we are asking you that we might flourish inwardly and outwardly, that you would pour out your spirit upon us as we go to the word of God, that there would come forth this day the breaking forth of flourishing in our lives, no matter what we've been through, no matter what's in our past, no matter what happened yesterday or the day before. Today, we agree together that there is a release of flourishing in our lives. From this day forward, our confession, our faith says, we are flourishing in the name of Jesus. And if you receive that, say amen. Amen and amen. Ladies, we're flourishing. From this day forth, we're flourishing. Now that is a decision. Just like you made the decision one day, I made the decision one day decades ago to receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. That was a decision. This is a decision. We're not victims. Everyone say, we're not victims. Say, I'm not a victim. From this day forth, I'm flourishing. In Jesus, I'm flourishing. Hallelujah, ladies. I believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I, I wanted to share that little bit about my past, just just a, a little bit, because no matter what you've been through that made you feel like anything but flourishing, from this day forth, God is releasing his power for you to flourish because we've asked him to do it. He said, you have not because you ask not. Ask and you shall receive. And so we've asked, and ladies, I'm receiving flourishing. I'm receiving. I'm receiving flourishing in my whole being. I'm flourishing in the name of Jesus. You'll go through some things to flourish. There's more to it than just asking, but asking opens the door. When you ask, you step forward into the potential of the Holy Spirit to cause your life to flourish. But let me say this, you're going to have to press forward. You can't stay as you are, where you are, satisfied with things as they are and flourish. 
there is a pressing that comes with flourishing. And so understand this, you're going to have to press forward to come out of where you are right now. You'll lay aside some things to flourish. Oh, there may be something in your life you're attached to or or perhaps it's a habit, even a habit of thinking or an emotional habit or something you're attached to in the natural that is stealing your time and stealing your strength. It may be a relationship, but to flourish, there will be things that you'll lay aside because you've got to make room for flourishing. You have to make room for it. You'll close some doors to flourish. There'll be some doors you close. It may be closing a door on an unhealthy relationship, an ungodly relationship. You'll close some doors to flourish. You'll say no to some things and some people that are in your life And you'll begin to say yes to other things, godly things, and godly people to come in to your life. The motive, this is important, the motive for biblical flourishing is the glory of God. It gives God glory when we flourish. We want to spread and reveal his glory Throughout the earth, you're a vessel of his glory. So our motive, it's not just so our life will be better or our life will be more comfortable, but the deepest, purest motive we can have, God, I want to flourish in my life for your glory. Ladies, may I hear an amen. That's always to be our heart's motive. Let's define flourishing. What does it mean to flourish? Ladies, flourishing means more than we understand. It's not just saying, well, everything in my life is great. That's not flourishing, Bible flourishing. But what is Bible flourishing? It literally means peace all around. Peace all around. It means peace in every direction. Everywhere we look, the peace of God is manifesting. So, ladies, that is flourishing. Salvation is the path of peace, but do you know we that path can be in front of us, but maybe we're not walking on that path consistently. But flourishing is peace all around. Wherever I look, whatever I go into, I bring the peace of God because God's peace is in me. Flourishing begins inwardly, and then it manifests outwardly. Can you say an amen? Amen. Listen to this definition of flourishing. 
It means to reweave shalom in our lives. Do you know the word shalom? What does it mean? Peace. God's peace. Not peace as the world gives, but peace as heaven gives. So uh, flourishing means we're allowing God to reweave shalom, peace into our lives. We're like a tapestry in God's heavenly hands, and we're allowing him to reweave shalom in our mind, in our will, in our emotions, physically, financially, in our relationships, in the labor, the work that we do for God. Peace, peace, peace is flourishing. You cannot flourish apart from the peace of God. That's why the way the world flourishes, you know what the world considers flourishing is a new house, a new pair of shoes, maybe a new dress or a suit, five or six cars in the driveway. And so they call that flourishing. It has nothing to do with flourishing. Flourishing is peace in every direction in our lives. It means wholeness, wholeness. Flourishing means the presence of the Lord's blessing. Everyone say with me, Lord, I receive your blessing in my presence. So it's the presence of the Lord's blessing. Church, ladies, flourishing is God's favor. God's favor on your life. It is God looking in your direction. This is what it literally means. Favor means God looks in your direction and he smiles with approval. Have you ever had anyone look in your direction and frown at you like you're doing something really bad? But favor, God's favor, is that he looks in our direction. And I want you to just imagine the Heavenly Father looking in your direction and he smiles upon you with approval. I want you to know God receives you. He approves of you. He's smiling at you right now. You decided to come out today and hear his word. You're seeking him. You're pursuing him. And he's smiling at you. He's looking in your direction and smiling. Flourishing is God's presence in every area of our lives. I I want you to stop and think about this. This may be true for all of you, but I want to ask this question. Have you invited God into your life? Have you invited him into your challenges, situations you're facing, I know you may have been talking to him about them, but have you invited him to come into your situations and save you out of destruction? We need to do that. I I don't know what situation you're facing, but I want to urge you to begin to pray in challenging areas of your life. Father, 
I invite you into, and you name that situation. You name it. You call it out. Father, I invite you into my marriage. Father, I invite you into my workplace. Lord, I invite you into my sleep. Maybe you have a a challenge sleeping. Lord, I invite you. I invite your presence. I invite your blessing and your favor into my sleep in the name. Just lift your hands if you're having any challenges sleeping. Sleeping. Well, look at that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over lack of sleep and the way the enemy has assaulted our sleep in the name of Jesus. The weapons that the enemy has formed against our sleep, the torment, the fear, we take authority over every weapon of the enemy in the name of Jesus and we break his assignment to steal our sleep in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you. We invite you into our sleep. We invite you to bring rest into our souls. We invite you, Father, to bring rest and peace in our sleep in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you receive that? Just say, Lord, I receive that. I receive peace in my sleep. I receive shalom in my sleep in the name of Jesus. Glory, 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 glory to God. Hallelujah. In order to understand flourishing, I want you to think of the word freedom. I want you to think of the word freedom with flourishing. Freedom. Oh, how essential that is to flourishing. When we're bound, when we're broken, when we're desperate, when we're confused, when we don't have, and so on and so forth, we're not flourishing. I've been there. Have you been there? I've been there. Now, I want you to think flourishing equals freedom. I want you to associate the word freedom with flourishing because the sun has come to bring us freedom, to set us free in every area of our lives, freedom to worship without shame, fear, intimidation, freedom to love. Whether they, someone loves us back, that's not the issue. The issue is that I love with the love of Christ. That's the issue in flourishing. Freedom to act. Freedom to give, freedom to obey, freedom to enjoy life. Flourishing equals freedom. May I hear an amen. Amen. 
flourishing, and I put a hyphen, shalom, because they're the same thing. Remember, flourishing is peace in every direction. Flourishing is every kind of provision and security privately and publicly. Think of that. Flourishing is every kind of peace and provision publicly and privately. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. It is wholeness. And God wants each one of us to flourish. To flourish is to thrive and grow and be strong. To flourish is to grow in grace and good works. It is to be enlarged and developed. It is to increase in wealth and honor. And it is to succeed. Flourishing is to receive from the outside, inside ourselves, just like we receive salvation from the Father into our hearts by faith in Jesus Christ. Flourishing is granted to us by the Father through the Holy Spirit. In other words, you don't look to yourself to flourish. I don't know how to flourish apart from the work of grace that the Holy Spirit does in my life. Thank God. I have to cooperate with flourishing, but I don't have to create flourishing. God is the God of flourishing. I look to him to flourish. I ask him to flourish. I begin to yield to his instruction of how to flourish my life and cause flourishing in my life. I ask him, I depend on him, and church, I receive from him. Flourishing is received from the Father. It's from him to us through the Holy Spirit. So quit beating yourself up. Quit blaming yourself. Hallelujah. It's so easy to be angry with ourselves, disappointed in ourselves, feel like a failure, feel like we don't measure up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Is this real or what? It is real that we've all had to deal with that. But in flourishing, I depend upon the Father. He's the God of flourishing, and he will do this work in my life of flourishing through the Holy Spirit if I will ask for it and yield to it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to bring you some pictures of flourishing, and I I chose Israel, the nation of Israel. I want to illustrate for you. Could we see the pictures of the desert? Okay. This is Jerusalem in 1938. I want just leave that right there. I want you to look at this. This can be a picture of human beings' lives. 
Our lives can be like a desert, and they are like a desert without God. That is 1938. Can you see it's treeless? No grass, no flowers. But God said in Isaiah 35, I will cause the desert to bloom. Now, that's the word of God. But it looks impossible for anything to bloom there. This is deep desert. I live in a continent that has so much deep desert. And and do you know why? One reason for that, the word Islam, it's called Islamification is desertification. Wherever that religion comes in control in a nation, desertification follows. So this had been in Turkish hands for about 700 years. I want you to look at that. Now go forward. Next picture. Desert with a few trees. Now go forward. In 1948, Israel became a nation again. After almost two, well, 2,000 years almost. Now it becomes a nation again. Look immediately what begins to happen. So go forward. Look at those crops. In the former desert, do you know what this says to me? Nothing is impossible with God. I don't know if you're, there may be areas of your life that look like a desert. Or you may feel your whole life looks like that first picture. But I want to tell you, nothing is impossible with God. Look at that. Do you know now Israel's one of the leading agricultural nations in the world? Now go forward. Look at that. Look at the beautiful palm trees. Oh, it's just beautiful. Go forward. Look at that. These are the, some of the hills and gardens in Israel now. Now go forward. Look at that. They grow flowers for export. I mean, they're the leading exporter of flowers, fruits, vegetables. Yes, their oranges are fantastic. Go forward. Isn't that a beautiful garden? Go forward. Bougainvillea. Yes, go forward. Isn't that beautiful? That's at the capital in Jerusalem. Beautiful landscaping. Go forward. God said he would cause the desert to bloom. Now, if God can do that with that dirt, what do you think he can do with this dirt? As we believe him and ask him to flourish, ask him to heal woundedness and make us whole, ask him to make us healthy, 
on the inside. First Corinthians 3, 9 in the Amplified Bible says, For we are God's fellow workers. This is Amplified. We are God's fellow workers, his servants working together. You are God's cultivated field, his garden, his vineyard, his building. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. Church, we are God's garden. I want you to have that image. We are God's garden. But everything we've seen in Israel, it took a gardener. We cannot flourish without a gardener. We have to allow God to cultivate flourishing in our lives. Peace in every direction. Peace in every direction means the will of God is working in everything concerning our lives. Can you say amen? Now, these gardens didn't, didn't just happen. Someone had to sow seed. We have to sow the seed of the word of God in the garden of our heart. Someone had to water that seed. We have to water the seed that is in our heart through meditation, through prayer, through praying in the spirit, and so forth. Someone has to cultivate that. That means dig out the weeds. All of us know Uh, Weed digging is not easy. It's called repentance. When we repent before God, when we miss it, pruning. But the result, we can either go on as we are, church, and come to the end of our life as we are, or we can cooperate with our gardener in order to bring forth, forth fruit. In the name of Jesus. Let's look at a few scriptures about flourishing. Psalm 72 and verse 7. In the NIV it says, now this is talking about you. In his days, may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. Psalm 72 verse 7. Did, did the moon come out last night? Could we see the moon? Listen to Psalm 72, verse 7 again. In his days, may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. It's the will of God for us to flourish till the very end. Hallelujah till the moon is no more. Listen to Psalm 72 and verses 12 through 13. It says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Church, there's a real key here, and that is planted in the house of the Lord. It's impossible to flourish for a plant to flourish when it is not planted. How important it is for every believer to be planted in the house of God. Proverbs 14 and verse 11 and the Revised Standard says, 
The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. Hey, that's us. It's the will of God, not only for our lives to flourish, but for our families to flourish, for our households to flourish. Isaiah 66 and verse 11, you shall see and your heart shall rejoice. Your bones shall flourish like the grass, and it shall be known that the hand of the Lord is with his servants and his indignation is against his enemies. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 72 and verse 16 says, May grain abound throughout the land, and on the tops of the hills may it sway. May the crops flourish like Lebanon and thrive like the grass of the field. In other words, everything we put our hands to do will prosper and flourish. Psalm 92 and verse 14 says, Growing in grace, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. They will flourish and be vital and fresh, rich in trust and love and contentment. Do you know, until we draw our last breath, we are to flourish. Can you say amen? We may be among the older generation today. I know I am among the older generation. But do you know, I've made up my mind until I draw my last breath, I'm going to flourish. I know I cannot do what I'm called to do. I can't give what I'm called to give. I can't influence the ones I'm called to influence unless my own life is flourishing. That's so important for each one of us to realize We cannot do what we're called to do. We can exist, but not be fulfilling the will of God. We can't do what we're called to do unless we are determined to have revelation and understanding of what it means to flourish and how important to God that it is for us to flourish. When you ask God for flourishing, You're asking for him to transform your life. There can be pain involved in coming out of what is familiar. Many don't flourish because there are certain things they don't want to change. There are certain things they don't want to lay aside. There may be certain relationships they're in. They're not willing to give that up. And you know what? What that winds up being is that we put the things of this world ahead of the things of God. We count more valuable the things of this world rather than doing the will of God. Can you say amen? 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourselves. Examine your heart. Is God really first place? Is he really the most significant 
relationship in your life? Is the will of God precious to us? Is doing the will of God why we live and breathe? Are we living and breathing to do our own will? We're called to live and breathe to do God's will in him we live. In him we move. And in him we have our very being. And so we're called to put him and his will before any other relationship or activity in our lives. Examine yourself whether we really be in faith. Do you know one thing that is going to be vital to flourishing is forgiving those who have harmed us, hurt us, lied about us, deceived us, lied to us, betrayed us, been disloyal to us. I'm telling you, you will never flourish until you determine to practice a lifestyle of giving, not just forgiving one time, not just forgiving two times, but living a lifestyle of daily forgiveness toward those who offend, who uh, betray, who are unfaithful, and so on and so forth. Now, that doesn't mean that that we're excusing what they've done and we just let them keep on doing it. Do you understand? But we don't carry unforgiveness in our heart. We're not carriers of unforgiveness. We're carriers of the love of God. We're carriers of the divine will of God. And our lives express the divine will in every relationship. I, I want to give that to you as something that you and I will, we must practice this. Daily forgiveness. Daily walking in love. It doesn't matter that they don't deserve it. None of us deserve the love of God either. But daily we walk in forgiveness and love. God, if we will do that, can heal our hearts of all wounds. When we, when we say, Father, I forgive them. I don't know their motives. I, I don't know their heart. You know their heart. But I'm responsible to you for my heart. And before you, I ask you to cleanse my heart of all forgiveness. I forgive them. I release them of everything they've done, everything they've said. I release them. I put them in your hands. You see, it's my heart that I'm responsible for. Let God deal with their heart. But as far as I'm concerned, church, I'm called to walk in love. I'm called to reveal God's holy will. And so one key to flourishing is making that commitment. Lord, this day I walk in forgiveness. Lord, this day 
I release that person. They don't owe me an apology. They don't owe me an explanation. They, they don't have to do anything. In Jesus' name, I forgive them. In Jesus' name, I release them and I put them in your hand. And you move on with God. Don't let unforgiveness, unforgiveness will grip your life and arrest the will of God for your life. Forgive and be set free. Remember, with flourishing, you have to be free to flourish. Don't hold off in your heart against anybody. Mark eleven twenty five says, when you are praying, first forgive anyone you hold a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins as well. But the point of it is we can't hold unforgiveness in our hearts and flourish. How significant and important that is. Well, Pastor Carly, it's my husband. He's hurt me desperately. He's been unfaithful. He's been untrue. He lies to me all the time. So, you see, that, that's not the issue. What your husband is doing is not the issue. It's your heart that is the issue. It's what's in your heart that is, is what matters, where your flourishing is concerned. Remember, flourishing starts inwardly. And then it manifests outwardly. Can I hear an amen? <clears throat> be real about forgiveness. Be genuine about not harboring offenses and hurt in your heart. Hurts come. Offenses come. We're in a fallen world. We're in a world with broken people. I don't know why people do what they do. I don't have to know why. I'm responsible for my heart and my life. I answer for my heart and my life. So there has to be that determination. Listen to Psalm 32 and verse 1. It's, it, this is the New Living Translation. It says, Oh, what joy! For those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are based in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long, day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For... You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse 
or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. Now, church, we know, of course, our hearts are made pure by the precious blood of Jesus. He cleanses us of all of our sin. But even after I'm born again, what Jesus did for me, I may not be walking in it. And there may, there comes opportunity that I need to confess my sin and deal with any unforgiveness that is flourishing in my heart so that the flourishing of God can take place in my heart. I want to give you an example. King Saul was head and shoulders above all Israel. Oh, what a handsome man he was. What a king that people could be proud of. He was tall. He was strong. He was handsome. He had uh, great potential to be a great king in that age. But do you know, Saul only did a few things that were in obedience to God. Do you know, mostly Saul did whatever he wanted to do. He did what he felt like. He did what he thought was right in his own sight. And he mostly rebelled against God. You can't do a little of what God says and mostly do what you want to do and flourish. You can hear a message about flourishing, but it will mean life changes so that you live to do the will of God. I just believe today every single one of us are going to make a decision to flourish. Are you making a decision to flourish? Do you know I've had to make a decision to flourish. It has taken decision after decision after decision, not to do a little bit of God's will and mostly live for my own will, but every single day to believe God. God, may your kingdom come and may your will be done today. Throughout this day, every person I encounter Every situation I encounter, may your kingdom come and may your will be done. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me begin to wind down by saying this is going to be very practical. You have to make plans to flourish. Just hearing the word on flourishing it's planting seed, but this alone won't bring flourishing into your life. It, I, I believe it can reveal to you it's God's will for you to flourish. A God has a plan for you to flourish. May I say every plan the Lord makes for you is a plan to bring you into flourishing. It is definitely the will of God for you to flourish. No matter what you've been through, no matter what your past says about you, 
no matter what you're going through currently. You may be going through a really different, difficult situation currently, but that doesn't matter. It's still God's will for you to flourish. Don't look at your circumstances and say, well, it may not be God's will for me to flourish. No, the word of God reveals that it is God's will for everyone. He has a plan of flourishing for every one of his children. But do you know, we have to make plans to flourish. It's just like if you're going to New York, from Wilmington to New York City, you're going to have to make a plan. If you're physically going to take your body from Wilmington to New York, you're not just going to be translated there by the snap of a finger. You're going to have to make a plan to get to New York. Now, you may fly. You may drive. You may take a bus. There may be some train travel involved. I don't know what your plan looks like, but you're going to have to make a plan to get to New York City. Well, you're going to have to make a plan to flourish. It won't just happen automatically. You'll have to make a plan. The way you're living now has brought you to this point in your life. So if you want more flourishing in your life, you're going to have to do some restructuring that will take a godly plan for you to flourish. There'll be some restructuring in the way you're living. Make plans to flourish spiritually. Proverbs eight seventeen says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me early and diligently will find me. You know, what I do, I get up early. I'm not getting any amens on that. <laughs> what I do, no amens, not a single one, Trish. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everyone say hallelujah. Yeah. I may not get up at exactly the same time, but when, you know, there there can be a day of rest where you don't, maybe your day's not as crowded, but when my day's crowded and I know if I'm going to be in the Word, it's got to be first thing in the morning, I'll set the alarm for 5 o'clock. I set it for, you know. I said it for 5 o'clock this morning, but I, I woke up at 4-something, and finally at 20 to 5, I was already had the light on. And But see, I can't minister to you out of weakness. I need to come to you in strength to minister and impart to you. So there has to be a level of flourishing in my life through the word, see, you have to make a plan to flourish spiritually. 
make a plan. Well, you know, Pastor Carl, I just get in the word whenever I see an opportunity. <laughs> well, what I'm telling you is to go to a new level of flourishing, you're going to have to plan that opportunity. Because I know the devil. The word says he comes immediately to steal the word that you've heard out of your heart and to make sure that word is not fulfilled in your life. I know how he does. And so the kind of casual, I I read the word whenever I can find time, is not a plan for spiritual flourishing. You're going to have to make a plan to flourish spiritually. And I recommend that you don't sleep till 10 o'clock every morning. Now, I know when, when you get older, you need more sleep. Understand that. But the thing you don't want to cut out of your life is time in the Word and time fellowshipping with God. You might fast a meal before you fast or before you neglect to get in the Word. So it, for you, early may be 6 o'clock. Or if you generally rise up at 9 o'clock, early for you may be 7 o'clock in the morning. But I recommend, <laughs> Trish, <laughs> I recommend that we put Jesus in the center of our day. He is Lord and we put him first place. In our day, but you're going to have to make a plan to flourish spiritually. If you don't flourish spiritually, all the other areas are not going to flourish. This is number one. Flourishing spiritually is the number one most significant thing that you can do. Though I love those who love me. In other words, there is special favor. It's not that God is a respecter of persons. But his face is shining in approval. When we put one leg on the side of the bed and the other leg on the side of the bed and we get up and we begin to say, Good morning, Father. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, precious Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for new mercies today. You you said you have new mercies for us every morning. I mean, it's not that the exact same words come out of my mouth every day, but you set yourself on a course of focus on the Lord. You're focused on the word. You're focused on fellowship with him. You're focused on doing his will. May I hear an amen. I mean, this is a the major key that I can give you to flourishing is you're going to have to flourish spiritually. There's flourishing in every area, but this is, number one, set a time. I'm not telling you that you read 10 chapters, but spend 20 minutes in the Word. Begin with 20 minutes. Read the proverb of the day. Today's the 16th, so this morning I read Proverb 16. Read the proverb of the day. That sharpens your spirit immeasurably, is to have 
the wisdom of Proverbs coming into your heart each and every day. Try a new translation. If you've been a New King James person, I've been an amplified person for years, but recently, just to to get a new sharpness and a new energy on the inside of me, I've shifted quite a bit to the Passion Translation. They don't have the whole thing translated yet, but they have Psalms, Proverbs, and the New Testament translated. And oh my goodness, I've been blessed by the richness of many of the scriptures, but make a plan to prosper spiritually. Stick up your bony finger, put it in the face of the person sitting next to you, and say, you need to make a plan to prosper spiritually. Hallelujah. And of course, that means three fingers are pointing back at us as we hold up our bony finger. So in in making a plan to flourish, it will tamper with your schedule. It will change your daily pattern of living. And I would say the number one change that we need to make is that we make a plan to flourish spiritually. Get Read a, read, get a, a Bible devotional. You can go online and, and uh, find programs where you can read through the Bible in a couple of years or even read through the Bible in one year. That may be a big bite to chew off or, or you can read a chapter a day. Just read, a, read Proverbs of the day and then read a chapter a day and you will have seed coming into your heart you'll have the process of watering coming into your heart the process of cultivating because I never read the scripture without praying there'll be a verse that stands out to me and I'll just stop right there and let the Lord talk to me about that verse and I may repent I may petition him for something there's something about that verse that he's causing to stand out to me. And so I park right there and I work with the Lord in that verse of scripture. I let him work in me in that verse of scripture. Flourishing, girls, is it magic? It's not magic, but it's dwelling daily in the wisdom of God. When you dwell daily in the wisdom of God, I promise you, flourishing, flourishing, flourishing comes to you. May I hear an amen. Amen. Let me say, uh, I've just finished saying it, pray as you read. I think this, don't, don't just have the attitude, oh, I've got... Oh, I've got this plan to flourish, and I'm, I'm reading this chapter. It doesn't matter what comes against me. I'm reading this chapter. No, go into it prayerfully, expecting God to speak with you and pause you. He'll say, pause right here. Now, let me talk to you right here. Pause right here. There'll be an impression of pausing, and I reread that verse and just 
prayers begin to come up, petitions and supplications to the Lord begin to come. So, number one, get a plan to read the word, to be in the word and be in the presence of God. Number two, pray as you read. Make it real. Be genuine about this. We're not on a marathon. And, and we're not condemned if we don't get... This isn't being spoken to condemn anybody or frustrate anybody by far. But you will need a plan to flourish. Pray as you read. I find my Bible reading is so much more genuine and effective. And it touches my heart. And I can sense the Holy Spirit working in my heart when I'm not rushing through it, but I'm sitting in the presence of God, truly communing with him. Amen. And then number three, I think that this is so important. Pray in the spirit. Pray if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and you speak with other tongues, unknown tongues, pray in the spirit. This is one of the most incredible gifts that we can receive after salvation. First Corinthians 14, 2, I don't have it written down, but he who prays in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. How be it, he speaketh mysteries. This is the will of God. What is a mystery? It's the will of God that has not yet been revealed. But one of the steps in the process of revelation is to pray in unknown tongues. And so when you pray in unknown tongues, see, I was raised Methodist. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit, <laughs> much less that there was praying in tongues. And I, I'll tell you, this: when I got born again and introduced all this, it was totally new. This may be totally new to you today, but what a gift it is to be granted heavenly utterance that is not limited to what I know, but comes through the knowledge and spirit of God. It's the knowledge of God, the counsel of heaven, the wisdom of heaven flowing and being granted to the believer through the Holy Spirit anointing us to pray. The counsel of heaven, the divine will of heaven, the plans of heaven. See, your flourishing is coming through unknown tongues. The plan for you to flourish, your future, your flourishing future. Say, I have a flourishing future. Is released through, through unknown tongues. Hallelujah. And so how blessed, blessed, blessed it is to, after I've been in the word and I've I've sat before the Lord, I pondered the word, I prayed the word in known tongues, and then to just spend some time praying in the Spirit. I don't just do that once a day, by the way, but there may be periods throughout the day and 
so on and so forth, that you break forth in the utterance of unknown tongues. You're flourishing, future flourishing, building yourself up. What is flourishing? It, one, one definition of it is to be strong. And so you're building yourself up in the revelation that God wants peace in your life in every direction. It is the will of God. Every direction you look for there to be shalom, peace, wholeness, soundness, well-being, prosperity in your life. Pray in the spirit. Mordecai told Esther, you've been raised up. You've come into the kingdom and you've been raised up for such a time as this. I want to say that to each one of you. You are in the kingdom and God wants you to flourish for such a time as this because out of your flourishing, he wants to bless others and he has a work to do through you, through your flourishing. But if you're barely keeping body and soul together, then there's little flourishing that can influence others. But if you're strong, if you're flourishing on the inside and you're strong on the inside, well, well, he can give you many assignments to fulfill. You understand what I'm saying? See, I've been in that place where I felt like, how am I going to put one foot in front of the other? I would, I can remember after Wade's death, a significant time even after his death, I would sit on the platform. I had my associate minister uh, ministering because I, I did not feel like it. It takes strength to minister, and I just did not feel like it. And I'd look out at the people, and I would think, how am I going to hug their necks when this is over? Do you know there was a period of time I did hardly have the strength to greet people and hug their neck. Do you understand what I'm, what I'm saying? I had to make that <laughs> decision that, Lord, I'm still breathing. You've still got me here for a reason. I need you to work on the inside of me so that I can fulfill what you've called me to do. Hallelujah. Another word for that is flourishing. Flourishing. Uh, So you make a plan. You have to have a plan to flourish. You're going to flourish spiritually. You're going to flourish mentally. You're going to read some books, magazine articles, maybe little stories. Read, Read things that are edifying and build you up in areas that interest you. Are you with me? Uh, You may read a a biography of a, I remember a couple of years ago, I read the biography of Diedrich Bonhoeffer. I just, it was, it was a real thick book. And I thought, and this was after Wade's death. I thought, do I really want to read that book? I mean, it was, that was going to really take some effort, but I got into it and I just found the trials and tribulations that dear man of God went through, the way he faced them, his attitudes, you know, that began to influence me. 
It was one book I read after Wade's death that uh, after the Germans hung him. Uh, of course, he was a German during the time of Hitler, and after they hung him, I thought he went to such lengths to do the will of God, and uh, he he gave everything concerning his life to do the will of God. It it just put something in me that made me want to go forward. Read things that influence your soul, inspire you, uh, edify you, uh, warm your heart. I I read guideposts. I I would recommend anybody to um, have a subscription to guideposts. I don't read it for theology, but I read it because they have heartwarming testimonies in it. I'm talking about you you can read little magazines, you can read books, uh, you can watch videos online of good preachers and good teachers, but do things that will edify your soul and build up the knowledge of God and hope in the future. You have to pay attention. Don't don't watch soap operas and you know, don't sit in front of the TV all day and just watch anything that comes across the screen. Listen, if you've got a plan to flourish, you won't have time for all of that. There will simply not be enough hours in the day to watch uh reruns of I don't know the days of our lives. <laughs> I don't know what's on the reruns, but you simply will not have time and you will lose your appetite for it. When you make up your mind to flourish and you've got a plan to flourish spiritually and you've got a plan for your soul to flourish, you're reading things that are instructive and they're they're teaching you and they're inspiring you, you won't have time nor will you have the appetite for junk you can change your appetite for what goes into your mind all right are you hearing me now i didn't finish this Mordecai told Esther, you've been raised up for such a time as this. I want to say this to each one of you ladies. We've been raised up for such a time as this. But do you know, Esther had to make a decision to do things she had never done before. She fasted for three days, not even a sip of water. She prepared herself to go before the king when she could have her head cut off because the No one came before the king unless he summoned them. But she acted at the word of Mordecai, and she went before the king and asked for the lives of her people when women didn't do things like that, or she could have stayed quiet and not done anything. Are you with me? But God used little Esther in a mighty way, and he will use you in a mighty, mighty what? Make plans to flourish. And then I'm going to talk about make plans to flourish physically. <clears throat> you know, as you get older, uh, it can be challenging to stay physically active. It, 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 it's easier to rest. How many of you know it's easier to rest? <laughs> the, the older you get, and it does, Janice, I think it does take more rest. 
I have to do the most significant things now. I'm not doing all I used to do, but on another level, I'm doing more on another level of productivity. When I used to be like the Energizer Bunny, trying to do everything, I'm not like that anymore. I've chosen my priorities. The Lord, you know, when Wade went, I had to let him change me on the inside to step forward as the leader of the ministry. I mean, this has been a work of God, ladies, believe me. And so I, I don't do what I used to do. And I have to have strength physically. I've been traveling around America from North Carolina to Arizona to California and places in between, and I'm 70 years old. So it takes physical strength to do that. You want me to give you a little clue? You need to do something every day in the realm of exercise, and I'm going to give you the name of a lady I'm just positive she's a Christian, but she has a program on YouTube called Walk at Home, W-A-L-K, Walk at Home. Her name is Leslie Sansome, S-A-N-S-O-M-E, and in about 15 to 20 minutes, she'll take you on a walk right there in your bedroom. So I put my tennis shoes on. Guys, I've had to do this. I would not have the stamina to do. I mean, I had to raise up from sitting and looking at the congregation. How am I going to hug their necks after the service? Because they would want to greet me, you know. And I didn't even feel like making the effort to hug anybody's neck. You get that low, you're going to have to build yourself up. So I put my tennis shoes on, and Leslie's music starts, and we walk. I'm not going to do 15-minute walk for you, but I'm telling you, ladies, you can do it. And then she takes us side to side, and we go, and then we get down low, and we go side to side. Then we kick our legs. It's a very simple program. If it wasn't simple, I wouldn't be doing it. In 15 to 20 minutes, she's got many different kinds of walks that you can do. Six days a week, do 15 or 20 minutes, and it is a cardio walk. So you have to build up into it. I mean, used to just doing this. Oh, it took effort. But now I love it, and I don't want to miss it because I'm so much stronger. But I had to get a simple exercise routine. And I have small five-pound dumbbells, and I don't ever intend to go beyond five pounds. You know, I'm not trying to be Mrs. America or anything, but just five pounds, just because, see, I've got luggage to handle and things physically to do on all these flights. Just, just about 10 reps. Somebody asked me one time, how many sets do you do? And I just looked at him and I said, I just do it one time. <laughs> just one time. It's not sets. <laughs> it's a set. Ten here and ten here. I mean, it's a very simple program. But you're going to have to make plans to flourish physically. Or you won't have the physical strength to continue doing the will of God 
as the years go on. You feel more and more like resting (laughs) instead of getting a plan to continue fulfilling the will of God. Are you with me? So you want to flourish spiritually, but you need to make a plan. You want to flourish in your mind. Your mind has unlimited capacity and capability. Your mind is really a super, super duper computer. And we have the mind of Christ. You have to keep it active. You have to keep putting good things into it. And then you're going to have to make a plan to flourish physically. And Leslie has us stretch our arms and we go out this way and all that. And, you know, I can put my hand above my head and so on and so forth where many people, you can get frozen, your shoulders get frozen and and all of this gets frozen and you have problems standing, just problems all day long. It may take you a while, but you can come out of much of that with a plan to flourish physically. Ladies, have I worn you out? (laughs) I hope I haven't gone too long, Trish. Praise God. But have you received anything today about flourishing? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I want each one of you, please, to stand up and lift your hearts Lift your lives, lift the plan of God before heaven. And Father, we want to thank you for the word of God and for every woman present. I pray that the power of flourishing would come into their lives. Father, if they've not been flourishing spiritually, from this day forth, may they begin to flourish spiritually. And may that just grow and grow until they are so strong spiritually that you still give them mighty assignments to fulfill. Father, I pray for each and every woman here today, every man and each woman, that they may flourish in their soul, that the mind of Christ would be granted to us, the thoughts of heaven, the concepts and precepts of heaven would be granted to each and every one of us here. The very power of heaven would come into our minds to pull down strongholds of the enemy Cast out the weapons that the enemy has formed against us and grant us the mind of Christ, the very mind of heaven, so that we agree with heaven. You've told us to pray that it may be on earth even as it is in heaven. Father, I pray this for the mind, for the soul of every person within the sound of my voice that we would have the mind of Christ. That our souls would flourish in the name of Jesus. We're no longer subject to depression. We're no longer subject 
to fear. We're no longer subject to insecurity and inferiority. In the name of Jesus, we pull these forces down. We cast them out in the name of Jesus, for we have the mind of Christ. And Father, I thank you that we flourish physically. That the power of the Holy Spirit to cast out sickness, infirmity, disease, all of us, Father, need the work of the Holy Spirit in our bodies to flourish physically. We curse disease. We curse infirmity in the name of Jesus. And we release healing. We release divine health. We release the divine power of the risen Christ, the resurrected Christ, bringing health and wholeness in the name of Jesus. We receive the anointing to flourish physically. And Father, we thank you for it. We thank you that after today, we will never be the same again. We will never look at life the same way again. We understand that even in old age, you've called us to flourish and bear fruit for the glory of God. Father, may each one of us flourish for the glory of God. For your kingdom's sake, we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. And everyone who receives it say, Amen and amen, amen. God bless you, ladies. Much love to you. We hope you enjoyed today's message on How to Flourish. If you would like to hear more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.com. 